the Lord has laid something on my heart for tonight. Uh, and, uh, of course, we do prayer devotions every Wednesday night. And uh, I think tonight I might actually be able to stand in that time frame of actually what a devotion is. I really think I'm going to make it tonight. <laughs> I really do think I am. I'm going to take that little train. I think I can. But uh, it's something that's uh, probably not going to be for everyone tonight because we have seasons in our life that change, and you'll find yourself in seasons that sometimes are not pleasant, and then you may move out of your season, someone else moves into that season. But it is a word, though, whether it fits you tonight in the season you're at in your life right now. It is a word, though, we need to be reminded of. It's a, and it's a word you need to hang on because in case your season changes, and we never know when that's going to happen. But I truly felt like tonight, if it ain't but just for one of you all, that's how much God loves you, that he wants to speak to somebody tonight. And I want, he's wanting to drive one point home to you tonight. And, I'm, and even doing it, I may be a little repetitious in making that statement over and over, but it's because God wants you to hear this. God wants you to trust him in these seasons that we go through that are tough and they're trials and they're struggles and things that we face. And I want you, when you, if you're in the season, I want you to hear this. And if you're not in that season, I want you to remember this before that season comes to your life. I'm going to begin by taking this statement. When you're down to nothing, God's up to something. Can anybody hear amen that? Amen. How many of you have ever run out of gas? How many of you have ever found yourself praying, Lord, let me make it to the next station? There we go. Got one honest person out there. Two, three, four. It's all of you. Come on. There we go. All right. How many here thinks E means enough? <laughs> Besides my wife. <laughs> She's not here. Don't tell her I said that. Okay. We all know in some form or fashion through some type of experience what it's like to be out of gas or to be out of resources and to be at that place we call down to nothing. You've exhausted everything. It seems like it's just everything hits you all at once. And you've extended yourself to the point you just don't think I've got nothing left uh, physically or I've got nothing left financially or these things that come to your life. And where you've been down to the wire and you didn't know what to do, or you've been down to the last drop, or you've been down to the last can of formula, or you've been down to the bottom of the barrel, or you're down to your last $10, or down to the very last day and even hour, down to God, if you don't help me, I'm in trouble. Has anybody else been there ever besides just me? See, we're living in an age when now more than ever it seems, so many people are finding themselves down to nothing either in their finances or their relationships or their ministries or their careers or our health sometimes overcomes us, and we just don't know if we can take another day. Where it looks like failure is inevitable, like you're on this slide and you're just going down it and just waiting to hit the bottom. Oh, but how many of you do you have a testimony that when you were down to the wire, when you were down to the last drop, when you were down to the bottom of the barrel, that God's divine provision came at just the right time. That it came in just the right way. That it came how you least expected it. And it came when you least deserved it. Thought you were going to lose your life. But today you sit here alive. Thought you were going to lose your job. Instead, they just recently promoted you. Thought you were going to lose your house. But you just paid it off. Thought you were going to lose your husband but you just celebrated your 20th anniversary. Thought you were going to lose your mind, but now it's good and sound. 
How many would stand and give God praise today as a testimony to others that God took my nothing and one day he turned it into something? Hallelujah. And I've come to declare to you and to encourage you when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. That the God we serve can make something out of nothing. Scripture says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Throughout the past history and even today, as well as even tomorrow comes, God has always been and will always be a God of provision. You understand, we've learned this for many years, that he could come four days late, but he could still be right on time. Because he's not on our time. He's on his time. He actually created time. There's nothing that was created that he didn't create. And troubles and trials have always been around. No one is exempt from going through troubles and trials. But let's take a look at a few folks this morning, tonight. I mean, I want to talk to you about, I think you're pretty familiar with most of these. For Joseph, there was a time he found himself down to nothing. And it was the day his jealous brothers turned on him, stripped him of his robe of many colors, sold him into slavery, just short of killing him, only to get a job working for the king, only to be wrongfully accused of rape by the king's wife, only to be thrown in jail, though innocent, on top of it all in jail in a foreign country. There was no family there to help him. His jealous brothers lied to their dad and told him Joseph was dead. So nobody was coming for him. He was at the bottom of the burrow and he was down to nothing. Yet God was up to something in his life. He proved to Joseph that he is a God who will never leave you nor ever forsake you. He blessed Joseph. Even when he was in prison, the Bible says, God had orchestrated a plan, but little did Joseph know that. God made it where whatever he did prospered. And as soon the warden of the prison actually puts Joseph in charge of the prison. And God also gave Joseph the gift of interpreting dreams, which Joseph at the time did not know how important that would be to his life. And when Pharaoh had placed his baker and his cupbearer in prison as well as with Joseph, Joseph interpreted the dreams, which led to when the baker and the cupbearer were released, Pharaoh, Pharaoh himself had a dream that was one that he wanted interpreted, but no one could. But so happens at that point, the baker and the cupbearer spoke up and said they have met a man named Joseph while in prison that could interpret his dream. And Pharaoh sent for him, and Joseph did interpret the dream. And, and to reward him, he paroled him and promoted Joseph to the second highest position in the king. He went from nothing to prime minister. He went from having nothing to having something. You wouldn't have thought it, but we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When you're down to nothing, I'm here to tell you tonight, is that God is up to something. Job was down to nothing. He lost everything, his livestock, his wealth, his children, but he didn't lose his faith. Finding himself sitting on a dung pile with sores all over his body, down to nothing, but his God was up to something. God's faith in Job and Job's faith in God defeated Satan in a classical spiritual battle. The result, God restored unto Job double for what Job lost in Job 42.1 declares this. See, when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. It was Gideon who was down to nothing. He had lost his confidence. The Midianites were taking over the land. While Gideon was hid out in a cave threshing wheat, hid out minding his own business, it was at this point in his life that God showed up and directed him to deliver Israel. With only 300 men, he defeated the Midianites and claimed their land back. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. David had a moment in his life. He was down to nothing. He lost his rights when King Saul branded him as an outlaw. 
He had to flee the country and live among the Philistines. He was noted as a fugitive, but God was up to something. King Saul was killed in battle, and David was crowned king of Israel. I am here to tell you, and you'll hear it often tonight, when God was, he was down, God was up to something in his life. And Hezekiah had a moment. He was down to nothing. He was down to nothing when he found himself surrounded by the army, the king of Syria. Sennacherib demanded that Hezekiah surrender. He reminded Hezekiah he had already defeated many of his cities and drug everyone off into slavery. He told Hezekiah, the gods, of, the gods of those cities couldn't save them. What makes you think your God could save you? But upon hearing this, Hezekiah tore his clothes and put on a sackcloth. He was down to nothing, but God was up to something. The prophet Isaiah prophesied Sennacherib's doom. And sure enough, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death upon 185,000 troops. So Sennacherib broke camp and hightailed it back to Assyria and stayed there until two of his sons assassinated him. When you're down to nothing, God's up to something. In 2 Kings 4, we find a prophet's widow down to nothing. When her husband died, he left behind a dead. The woman came to Elijah and told her that her husband's creditor was coming to take her two sons into slavery to satisfy this debt. She was in a place of despair. She was at the bottom of the barrel. She was a mom that was horrified at the thought of her losing her boys. But I want to tell you something, and you probably know what I'm going to say. When she was down to nothing, God was up to something. Elijah asked her, what do you have in your house? And she literally had nothing but a little bit of oil. So Elijah told her to go get her neighbors and collect all the empty containers she's got she could get on her hands on. And then bring them to the house and begin to pour oil in them. She obeyed. And from that one small vessel of oil, she filled all the pots of the house and was able to sell the oil to pay off the debt and have enough money left to live on. She had more than enough. My God shall supply all of your need. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves at a season or time where they were down to nothing when King Nebuchadnezzar condemned them to death in a fiery furnace because they would not bow down to his idol he had built. Sometimes doing what is right can cause you to end up with nothing. But God was up to something because when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, they were not harmed. God showed up and he delivered them. Not only that, but in Daniel 3.30, the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar promoted them in the province of Babylon. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Ezekiel was down to nothing. He was a young priest who lost his country to war, and he was carried off into Babylonian captivity. The temple in Jerusalem had been trashed, and he had no place to practice the priesthood. His ministry was down to nothing. His professional life, he thought, was over. He was nothing but a slave now. He was at the bottom of his barrel, but God was up to something. And in an instant, God reformulated Israel's theology. He appeared to Ezekiel in a vision, and with four living winged creatures whose appearance was like burning coal. And God, through Ezekiel, provided a prophet to lead them in the time of their captivity. Daniel was down to nothing when they threw him in the lion's den because he wouldn't quit praying to Jehovah. But God was up to something. God shut the mouth of the lions, and not a hair of Daniel was harmed. He used Daniel to show the king that he was God. And the widow woman of Zarephath, her finances were down to nothing. She was fixing to bake her a cake and her son a cake. The only thing she had left, she believed that, this, that they would eat this and they would starve to death. But I want to tell you something. What was going on? God was up to something because he sent a prophet named Elijah to her house that day. Elijah, when approaching the woman, inquired of her to feed him, for he himself was well as well down to nothing. All he had to depend upon was this woman that God had sent him to her who had nothing. 
She'd been picking up sticks to build a fire. She replied, all I have is just a little bit of meal, and I was fixing to bake a cake, and me and my son were going to eat it, and then we were going to die. But God was up to something. Elijah, being obedient to God's word, spoke to her what God spoke to him, and the meal barrel was full. Peter was down to nothing. After he had denied Christ three times, he was a miserable man at that time. His reputation was down to nothing. He was at the bottom of the barrel. But God was up to something. Jesus met Peter on the shoreline of Lake Galilee and restored Peter's confidence, restored Peter's faith, and restored Peter's position in the kingdom. The result was on the day of Pentecost that Peter got up and he delivered a, a powerful sermon that day to the people. People were convicted on the spot and asked what must he do to be saved. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to the church. Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in prison for casting a demonic spirit out of a girl. They were down to nothing in that dark, miserable prison, cold and dark and bound by chains, but God was up to something. About midnight, they began to pray and singing hymns to God while the other prisoners listened. Suddenly, there came a violent earthquake. Prison doors flew open and the chains fell off the prisoners. The guard who was responsible for them was about to take his own life when Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. As a result of the jailer and, and all his, him and all of his household, became believers and were baptized. I said that when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Hey, let's talk about the Apostle Paul when he was down to nothing. He was an old man confined to the prison uh, island of Patmos where he'd been left for dead to lay there for dead for days. His health was down to nothing. If God didn't show up, he was going to die. Yet God had promised him he would see, God, would see him before he died because God was up to something. In keeping his promise, Christ appeared to John that day, and John wrote the book of Revelations. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Are you getting this? This woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, the Bible says she spent all she had on doctors, and none of them were able to help her. The Bible says she spent all she had. She was out of resources. She was down to nothing, but God was up to something. Jesus shows up in her midst, and she touches his garment, and he makes her whole. It was Martha and Mary's brother Lazarus who became sick, and he died. And they sent word to Jesus. Jesus said, this six is not to death, but it's to glorify my God. And while you were let, and you see, while Lazarus down to nothing, God was up to something. When everything was gone, he'd been dead for four days, wrapped in glaive clothes, placed in a tomb. Sure, excuse me. Sure appeared to be over for him, but Jesus shows up. They said he was late, but he wasn't. You see, the whole time when Mary and Martha was down to nothing, God was already up to something. He wanted to show them that nothing is impossible with God. That when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. Well, let me get a little closer to home for us. When John Sells was down to nothing, and they had to turn his oxygen up as far as it could go, and he was still short of breath, they told him he needed a lung transplant. And if he didn't get one, the only way he would ever leave the hospital would be through death. And he, and he didn't need one three months from now. He needed one right now. John was down to nothing, but God was up to something. He was immediately placed at the top of the list, and in three days, he got a new set of lungs. He didn't leave the hospital dead, but he left the hospital very very much alive and well. Come on, somebody. When he's down to nothing, I'm trying to tell somebody God's up to something. I've come to tell somebody. You may be down to nothing, but what? 
God's up to something. You may not know what to do. You may not know what to say. You may not know how to, you guys even got in this place. But the one thing you got to know is you got to know who God is. You got to know that he's Elohim. You got to know he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You got to know he's Jehovah Shalom. You got to hold him. He's Jehovah Nisi. He knows what you have need of before you even ask him. But he wants you to ask him. James said, you have not because you ask not. And Jesus said to Matthew 21, whatsoever you ask in my name, you shall receive. And some of you are facing situations you don't know the way out, don't know how it's all going to end, don't know how you're going to make it, don't know where the money's coming from, don't know where the food's coming from, don't know how you're going to get another job, but God does. He's the great I am. In other words, he's whatever you have need of. And I believe today is an hour that God wants to give you a turnaround. It's not over till God says it's over. You're at the bottom of the barrel. You're down to the wire. The doctor's report wasn't good. Your health just keeps diminishing. You're down to nothing if God don't show up. But I'm here to tell you the whole time you've been down to nothing, your God has been up to something on your behalf. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God shall deliver you from them all. I know the thoughts he has towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil. And I've come to tell you he's here. He's here right now. He's here for you, that God is up to something today. He wants you to bring your needs to him. He wants you to ask of him. He wants you to petition him. You know what we need? We need some new testimonies in the church. Not what he did 20 years ago, which we still do give God praise for, but we need some new testimonies about what God has done today. It is a faith walk, which requires a response or an action from you. See, the woman with the very little oil went and gathered up several vessels. The woman with only a handful reached into the empty barrel as God instructed. The woman with the issue of blood pressed in. The man with the withered hand stretched it forth. It took faith. And faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not yet seen. It took obedience. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. It took faith and obedience for them to trust God. Faith to believe what he said and obedience for them to do what he said. Are you hearing me? The lame man who laid at the gate beetle didn't have nothing. He laid begging for alms. But Peter and John were on their way to worship that day, and they passed by him, and he hollers to them to contribute to his needs. And Peter and John looked at the man. Problem was, Peter and John didn't have any money either. But Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ, and that is rise up and walk. And he did. How? By faith and by obedience. He had to have faith in what he said, and he had to be obedient enough to do what he said. And too many times we only get that thing half right. We claim we have faith, but we take no action. Faith requires actions because faith without works is dead. Or else we go around working trying to earn something from God. Without believing God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you're even able to ask or think. The once lame man went running in the temple testifying about Jesus. You see, Peter and John didn't have what he needed, but they knew Jesus had what he needed. Peter knew as long as you got Jesus, you don't need nobody else. I'm trying to tell you, Jesus is on the main line, and he's wanting you to tell him what you want. God wants to move in here today, but you're going to have to move also. What have you got? You might well say, Randy, i got nothing. Good. You're a candidate then. Because too many times when you got something, you don't think you need something. Have you got just a little faith? Good. The widow had just a little bit of oil. 
He'll take what you got, even if you got nothing, and turn it into something. And I want to tell you, God is the only one that I know that can make something out of nothing. And so many times we think when we got nothing, we don't have any hope. But the difference is, with faith, you have hope. With faith, you have to have faith. This thing is a faith walk. And I know I've had my experience in my life where we were down to nothing financially, down to nothing physically, down to all those areas of your life that you get affected. And I know what brought me out of it was me keeping the faith that, you know what, and even I could say, I don't even know what God's up to, but I know by his word, he's up to something when I'm down to nothing. And that when I have nothing, he is my something. And I have to trust him in all things. I told you I'm not going to be very long, but I want to speak to you tonight. I want to drive one statement home to you because I know this body and I know beyond this body, we have needs. And there's times we get in places that we don't know. But I know a lot of you have been this thing a long time and I could start calling you up here and you could give me testimonies of what God brought you through. How that when you didn't think it was going to work for you, it worked. When you thought you was going to lose it, you still got it. Those types of things have happened, and those are testimonies we've got. But I am here to tell you the church is entitled to have new testimonies. That what God did then was a great thing, but what God do, does now will be a great thing. And if you trusted God 20 years ago, you ought to still be trusting God today. And if this is a new walk for you, I want to encourage you that when it seems like there's nothing and nothing, and how in the world could I ever make anything out? You can't. But I know a Savior. I know a God who can take what you ain't got nothing. He can give you something. And that he's not going to forsake you. That he's not going to leave you. Our problem is so many times we leave him. But if you'll just hold on and stand, do all you know to do, and then stand. You watch and see if God don't show up. And many times we want to think how he's got to do it because if he didn't show up that way, he must not going to show up. But I'm going to tell you, he's going to show up however he wants to show up, when he wants to show up. And he's working these things for a greater good in your life. And some of these things you're going for through your life is not, he's not trying to destroy you or allow you to be destroyed. But through these things, these trials and struggles, you'll learn so much more who God is. You know, if every time I uh, scratched my finger, a little blood come out and he showed up and healed me, I wouldn't think that much of how big a God he is. But when you're in the ICU room and they said they don't know if you're going to make it and they call the family in and all of a sudden God shows up and you get back up and you live another 30 years, then you know just how big your God is. And sometimes we don't want to go through nothing. We want these little things. He cares about the little things. But sometimes God wants to take you to a new level in your faith. He wants your faith to grow. That when you think, you know, you know it's not faith when you can do it. It's faith when you don't think you can do it, but you believe he can do it. Amen? What I want to do tonight, I'm going to do this a little bit different tonight. I want to pray. I'm going to have us all stand, and I want us to pray together. Like I say, if this is not the season you're in, and this is not the message you need tonight, you need to be reminded, and you need to be prepared for when your season comes. But I know in my heart God spoke to me. If there's not more than one, there's at least one in here tonight. This is where you're at. And you're going to have to stand on your faith and let God show you. He's, you know, it's his desire to show himself strong on your behalf. And that's what, so whatever you're going through, if it's your season, that you're going through trials, anybody in here never been through a trial? Never been through a trial? Okay. I knew better than that, Jim. There's not a one of us hadn't been through a trial. And there's not a one of us that sometime wondered where God was. There's not a one that sometimes, you know, I know God can do that, but I just don't know about this one. But God can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible with God.
So I'd like for you to stand, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray with you first. I want us to pray together, if that is you. I want you to express by faith in your prayers tonight to God. God, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm going through. And God, I, I don't got nothing. I have nothing. I needed this. I don't have it yet. But I want you to express by faith to God tonight that you believe he can and that he's able. And then when we're done praying, I'm going to make a second call to you. Okay, so I want us to pray for a moment. Yes. Okay. Sean, little Sean, Cochran, most everybody knows Sean, a wonderful young man. They just took him and left him here because his heart's bothering him. And so we're going to have a time of prayer for that as well, okay? So I'm going to lead off by praying for Sean. Y'all join me. And then we're going to lead, go into the prayer I'm talking about. Let us pray. Father, we come to you right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father, at this very moment, we stop with Sean on our hearts. And God, we lift him up to you right now, Father, that whatever's happening in his body right now, Father, we rebuke it. And Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, Lord, that your healing virtue come forward immediately, that suddenly you touch him, God, Lord. Father, by the grace of God, Lord, we trust you with everything, God. Father, we trust you with his life, Father, tonight, God. We know how much you love him, and we know how much we love him, Father. And, God, we just believe and stand by faith tonight, God, Lord, that you're able, that you are able to take care of this situation right now. Father, by the time he gets there, God, Lord, you've done touched him. You've done healed him. There will be a good report waiting there for him, Father Lord. We trust you tonight, God. We pray as a body, God. He's our family, God. And we pray corporately tonight, all of our hearts in one mind, one accord, right now, Father. Believing God, you're going to touch that heart. And Father, he'll never have the symptoms again healed by the power of Jesus Christ, Father Lord. Our petitions are being made known to you right now, Father. Interceding on his behalf, Father. Believing in a good report. And Father, tonight... You had me remind and speak to this congregation of your power, of your faithfulness, God, to us. And, Father, Lord, we must be faithful to you. And I know it's by faith, God, that faith pleases you, God, Lord. And that this moment, every single one of us, God, are going to pray and petition you as a body, God, Lord. Father, to tell you by faith that no matter where we're at right now, even though it's unpleasant, God, even though it seems like there's nothing left, God, but by faith, we speak to you that we believe in you, God, Lord, that although we're going through a tough time or a trial in our life, God, you are up to something, God, Lord. In just a matter of time, God, you will move on our behalf. It's your desire to show yourself strong on our behalf, Father, Lord. We trust you with our lives, Father. I know, God, when these things come to our lives, that oppression and the depression shows up and tries to rob our lives, God, Lord, tries to even convince us that, as they did on the boat, that, Master, do you not even care? We know you care, Father. We speak it by faith, God, that's your desire, God, Lord, to touch our lives, Father, Lord. You care for your people, God, Lord. And some of these things we go through, Father, Lord, that even though they're unpleasant, God, you're building our faith, God, Lord. Why? 
because there's always this result is that you show up, God, and you turn these things around. And I'm praying for anybody that's here, God, whether it's one or ten, God, I pray that right now, Father, just hearing this word repeated to them, Father, Lord, that when they're down to nothing, you're up to something. To encourage them by faith tonight, dear God, Lord, you're going to turn this around. You've never forsaken them. You've never, you've never let them starve. You've never let them, Father, be without to death. That, God, you show up because you are our provider, God, Lord, and we trust you in everything in our life, Father, Lord. We understand, God, Lord, that all things work together for our good, Lord, to those who love you and those who are called according to your purpose, Father, Lord. And I'm just praying that your spirit right now, God, would sweep over this congregation and that you bring back encouragement to those who are down to nothing, God. I'm, I'm going to say that there's there's something coming, God, Lord. It's coming their way, Father, this night, God, Lord. Afflictions and financial struggles and marriages and all the struggles and trials that we go through, God. You're very aware of these things, God, Lord. And there's a timing, though, to you, God, that you show up, and you show up at the right time. You show up at the right place. You show up, Father, in the least expected ways. But the point is, God, you do show up on our behalf. And we have got to come to a place, God, in our lives when these trials and struggles come. We have have to lean upon you in those times and take your word to heart, Father Lord, that you said you would never leave us, that you are our very present help in times of trouble, God Lord, that you want to show yourself strong on our behalf, God. Lord, you'll move mountains, God, to touch your people, Father. You'll move obstacles, God Lord. You'll fill the mill barrel. You'll fill their lives. You'll give them provisions and finances and those things that they have need of, Father Lord. You're a God who provides our need, Father, and we thank you according to your riches and glory by Christ. Jesus, God, Lord. You have never forsaken this body, God, Lord. You've always come in a way, Father, Lord, that turns these things away and builds our faith, God, Lord, that these trials and the struggles we go through, they make us stronger, God, because the enemy cannot cross the bloodline. The enemy cannot kill us. He cannot destroy us because we serve a God who cares for us that'll show up and defend us, God, Lord, with everything that you have in your power, God, Lord. We trust you in these hours, but God, I'm really expecting, Lord, through this tonight, through your spirit moving tonight, God, Lord. We're fixing to get new testimonies, God, of the goodness and the greatness of God, Lord, Father. We give you glory, God. We're going to go ahead and thank you tonight, Father, for what's coming our way, God, Lord, because we know that without a shadow of day, you will not be late, Father. You'll be there, and it'll give you glory, God. It'll give you honor, God, Lord. Father, we praise you in all things tonight, Father, Lord, by the Spirit of God, Lord. I pronounce healing upon this body, God. I pronounce provision upon this body. Either, God, by your word, by your authority, Father, Lord, they should leave here tonight with encouragement and with hope that, Father, you are the God of their today. You're the God of their tomorrow, God. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Father, Lord, and we give you praise for it, Lord, and we take that as security in our life, God, Lord, that we are secure in you, God, Lord, that our lives are secure, Father, Lord, that you have a plan and purpose for our life, and nothing is over, Father, until you say it's over. So we want to magnify you. We want to praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and everybody says amen, and give God a hand clap of praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm learning through years and times and to obey the voice of God and follows His instruction regardless of what I think or what I feel or what I wish I would do. And I know tonight I was not here to preach a long sermon. I was here to drive home one point to everybody's heart. That when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. So what I want to do now before you dismiss, see, I'm not about it has, to, it has to be long. I'm not about it has to be short. 
I'm about just doing what God's asked me to do. And so what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you if you're ready to leave. But anybody that wants to come to this altar, I am more than happy to pray with you. If you're in that season, it's a tough season, I'll lay hands on you and I'll pray with you and I'll believe for you that this is a season of a turnaround in your life, that what you're going through today will not be what you're going through tomorrow. So I dismiss you if you're ready to leave, but if you'd like to come forward, I'd like to pray with you. So I extend that to you tonight if you want to. God bless you.